Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. This is Jim, and today I am back with the OG Last Kingdom crew, Luke, Brian, and Dave, and we are here to cover Season 2. Previously, we covered the pilot in Season 1, and we will be releasing our coverage of Season 3 and 4 before Season 5 releases. You can find all these prior podcast episodes on whatever app you're listening to us now on, or you can check us out at BenchtownTV.com. So, now that that's over with, guys, Season 2, what did you think? I'll start. <laughs> I'm fresh off the uh, episodes. I thought better than season one. I can't tell how much better. Well, maybe discussion will help me decide whether or not how much more I liked it or not, but definite much improvement. So many great characters in this show. Can't emphasize that enough. The battles are so epic and Uhtred is just the man through and through. That is just <laughs> a fact. So Season two, for me, solidified this show as just like one of my favorites. Definitely my favorite I've watched over the last couple of years. I love Uhtred's journey, man. I love the the up and downs he goes through. His character development, it just feels so freaking earned at every turn. And like his decisions are starting to make a lot more sense. And like now I, I feel like he's growing as a character. And sure, he had a low, low point in this season with the whole slavery arc. But mm -hmm. it, it to me, that just made for great storytelling putting him all the way down at the bottom and then him having to claw his way back up again and like prove to to both wessex and alfred like he is who he is and he's just such a savage and he's going to go and get his revenge but he even shows some growth in his revenge getting when he doesn't immediately just destroy uh guthrum king guthrum the guy who put him in through sorry i'm gonna mess that up so many times i love utrid and he still has like the danish edge to him but he's showing more refinement and he just like everybody around him, just the way they admire him and respect him as a leader is just keeps growing. And we have some bones to pick with Dave. Well, I do specifically about, I think he's going to submit about Otta the elder being a beast. And I thought he was, <laughs> yeah. he had a fantastic season. And then I heard him, I heard him whisper before the podcast that Ethelwald was a little bit better than last season and i'm still on the up and up with him i think he's got a really fun arc to play out for the rest of the series but overall fantastic hild stepped up like this is when she became one of my favorite characters that i was yeah, hinting at last season she's just incredible and then it wouldn't be the last kingdom without adding a couple more characters to hate being um ethel red and then mm -hmm. Uthred. so Another two characters I want to see Uhtred beat the shit out of. Guthrid's interesting. I want to hear your yes. thoughts on him about if there's really hatred or or what, because mm -hmm. he does have that conversation with Uhtred where he gets in, but we'll get to that in a second. We'll get into that. Brian, let's hear your thoughts. The brothers like were awesome, by the way, too, Eric and Siegfried. I love them, too. Yeah, I forgot that Ethel Red was a person and he was like my most hated person of this season. But yeah, uh, kind of just going to repeat what you two said season two was very very strong i really appreciated how kind of early on they had that humbling slavery arc that just tore him down i never thought that we would see utrid stripped down to that point and that one scene where he's talking with hild where he's just like i'm ashamed at the person i became i thought i was going to be able to just take being a slave and come out of it utrid son of utrid still but nah he was a different person they broke him down and you know, I kind of expected him once he was freed from the shackles to just like be Uhtred again, but that's not realistic. And I thought that was very good how they kind of just like stripped him of everything that he was. And it allowed him just infinite character growth. And he rebounded so superbly. I mean, he kind of went to a dark place right after he was released and he got that face to face with Abbot Idrid, Idred or whatever. 
who, oh my gosh, what an awful antagonist he was, Abbott Edred. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, season two was was another strong season. Like I said, I think there was an addition of a lot of characters who helped that. I mean, Ethel fled Alfred's daughter. I thought she was awesome mm-hmm. as the princess. Eric and Siegfried were great. I don't even want to call them straight up antagonists because they were kind of floating they they were very rational and eric especially he was kind of like a protagonist by the end but siegfried wasn't like an irrational dane who was just trying to kill everybody like even he had a good head on his shoulders uh gisla gisela uh the love interest i really liked her a lot uh gutrid very interesting and he's gonna continue to have a part to play because he's still king in the north if you will uh (laughs) also who's that dude citric kind of the dane that was captured and that was just like nah i want to fight for you utrid i love that dude yeah he's Uh, the man is he related to kjartan He's Kjartan's bastard son. Bastard son. Yeah, so it, it was just really good introductions of new characters. And I also appreciated that they continued with the trend of, I was saying it in the last episode, compartmentalizing their bad guys. You know, there was a very definitive, like three stages of this season where it was the slavery stage and then take care of Kjartan stage and then take care of Eric and Siegfried and rescue Ethel Flood stage. And I just kind of really appreciated how the bad guys lined up got taken care of in short order and boom on to season three. And a good thing about this season, I think we can all kind of agree is that Brita didn't get highlighted too much, which, you know, I'm okay with, I'm totally fine with her being more of a supplemental side character. Cause based on season one, I thought she was going to be like the number two or three on the calling sheet, like in every single episode, but the way she kind of faded into the background and now is more of just young Ragnar's wife and also just background material for Uhtred is way better for me. And as long as she stays like that, cause I don't want to, I don't hate Brita. I just think she's not really compelling at this point in the story. And there's just so many other good characters to dive into. Agree that I don't like her, but at least her final inter- interaction with Uhtred was a nice one when she's like playfully kicking him around. At least she finally was able to overcome her ignorance towards Uhtred for a little bit. So good as her, but still don't keep her on the side yeah yeah yeah, keep her on the side for sure i think that brita and young ragnar both played just a very good role in this season they were the ones that saved our boy utrid from slavery and that was good i loved how that came about dave's boy otta the elder was the one Mm -hmm. who was just like hey why don't we use young ragnar and brita to go find him Mm -hmm. perfect solution to it they got it helped him take over the fort from kjartan and now young ragnar is just like chilling there with Brita. And I do want to go back on, I was talking a lot of shit on Brita in season one. I was saying like everything, whenever she was on the screen, it was unearned. I've kind of come back on that a little bit to understand that Brita, if she was young Ragnar's wife, then she would be in those kind of like war council situations, the same way that Gisela was for King Gutrid and now Uhtred was like she would be a part of the Danish Witten, if you will, or whatever their equivalent is. And I just wanted to say that I don't completely hate Brita. I think her usage in this season was much better. And when they were storming the fort, I kind of liked that she was not on the front line. She was kind of like the commander who was telling the idiot Danes to just like, okay, go now, go now. Like she, she hasn't, she has a good head on her shoulder. She has a knack for. Being around, I don't know. I was getting away from myself there. No, I was just going to say, let's flip it to young Ragnar because he is a character that from season one has definitely caught my attention every time he is 
the man. I absolutely love his relationship with Uhtred. That the brotherly love that they have and always will have, no matter what side either of them is on, is just always so nice to see. And this season, even him working with Alfred to save Uhtred, like I, I love that stuff. I think that's he was a star of the season two for me, and I am excited to see where he comes into play the next season. Yeah, I've been a young Ragnar fan since literally the pilot i think he's yeah. he's fantastic on screen and it did suck that he had to go through all this imprisonment i don't really know how much time he spent in alfred's dungeons but after alfred has the whole conversation with him about going to get utrid i think that actually put some respect on alfred's name from young ragnar like he started to appreciate alfred a little bit more as someone who was a little bit more composed and like a leader of the new world um, and then that, in turn, made him, it allowed him to appreciate Uhtred's past and always kind of going through um, the promises that he made to Alfred and like actually following through because he's like a, he's, he's a respectable king and a respectable leader. So young Ragnar getting to see that side helped him keep his like love with Uhtred, I think. I do just kind of want to go off of that point and say they did a really good job in season two of showing that the Danes are becoming part of Alfred's image for what England is going to become because all of Mercia and Northumbria, they've just been referring to as Daneland. Like he understands the Saxons aren't going to exist completely without the Danes. So he's trying to kind of like incorporate them in, convert them and make them part of his country. You know, they're becoming part of his, his vision for England. Yeah, he's I love- a visionary, but he's still a bitch. Yeah, and I'm gonna say the same. Alfred, thing. are we completely against Alfred now? No, no, no. 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 He just makes no, best no. decisions every <laughs> once in a while. But that yeah, does bring true. into play um Alfred's wife. I always forget her name. Aylesworth. <laughs> she is even seeing that, you know, she has to put aside her feelings of the Danes and everything in order to achieve this perfect world of it, it takes her daughter being in trouble for her to understand that yeah you know what maybe utra does get shit done maybe we yep. should use him and yeah. we talked about it in season one pod when i asked you guys like could she be someone that you like now again season two just happened and or season two just happened for you guys and she's still not likable mm-hmm. but she did start to do some things that you said i think it was you specifically dave where it was like all right she needs to understand that, yeah, she's going to stay, you know, as devout as she always is. But if you want to live in the real world, you're going to have to use our boy Uhtred here. She is so far below the line of I care about her that <laughs> if her little growth steps are like up up and up a little bit, they're yeah, still below the line. That yeah. Until she makes a leap where she just full out saves Uhtred or like, you know, rejects her God to actually make something happen that'll save Wessex or something like that. I need something of that level for me to like her. It annoys me so much when other girls get close to Alfred and she's always like, step away. Yo, yo, Alfred was being a little slut for a while and you know it. So maybe she's, she deserves to be mad at it. I guess you're right. Wasn't that all pre pre season one though? Kind of. No, no. Remember in season one before he's King, he's banging the, um, it was his handmaid. But he's married to, his it was wife pre- at that point. It was all pre coronation. So Got I think you. he was yeah. fucking around. He's not king, but he's still married. His brother yeah. died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's saying, like, yeah, I should have never been married when he's talking to our boy Bianca, who we'll talk about in a second. But I do want to yeah. say for everyone listening, 
in the last episode, Luke had jumped ahead, so he had a little bit more knowledge. But now Luke, Dave, and Brian all have stopped at the end of season two. There is no knowledge of season three or four, so we can get theories from all of them. I am the only veteran right now. Yeah, except we know that uh, Ethel Swift, at Alfred's Ethel wife. <laughs> How the fuck do you pronounce Ailswith. her name? Ailswith. 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 <laughs> Ethel Swift. I'm freaking. This is the worst. The the IMDb character listing is just god awful. If it didn't have the, I can't the believe you're on IMDb right it, now. I thought we we learned not to do that. No, no, no. It's not IMDb. It's something like that. But either way, uh, okay. B Tom's yeah. did look up that Aleswith is in it for a yeah, long and we run. know that's the only spoiler. And dude, <laughs> it becomes the Aleswith show is what yeah. I'm being told. Boy, yeah, boy. Don't say bleh, dude. All right. But I do want to talk about really quick. I don't know how. I mean, we'll talk about Ragnar some more. But back to the conversation we were having with Ragnar and Alfred and even Breed a little bit. Luke said that Alfred made some bitch decisions. We'll get into that to see if we all agree with that. But I think it's, you know, something that we can all say that most characters that do meet Alfred learn to respect them. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a thing that we were saying that Ragnar started to through the fact that he let and he really did let it was his permission to go have Ragnar and Brita save Uhtred from the slavery. And we even see later on after the saving is done and they know that they can move forward. First of all, Uhtred's smart as hell. And he knows that Alfred, if he doesn't go back to what he was supposed to do as Alfred's sword, then uh, the big dog, what's the what's his uh right hand man's Stru- name? Striapa. Stiapa. 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 Yeah. yeah. Stiapa would kill him. But Ragnar also says himself, you know, I promised Alfred I'll come back. I'm not going to move on. So he doesn't have his freedom. Technically, he just went to save Uhtred and he does keep his oath. I mean, again, we're talking about back in the day here. He could just run off to Daneland and just be done with Alfred. But Mm -hmm. he does keep his promise. And that has to be because he respects him. And And also because because the promise was to save his brother. Yeah, but the promise is you'll come back and be and be a prisoner again. And it's not like you could be free. Mm-hmm. Right. He could, to, he's saying he could like yeah. save him and then escape. I like that. They knew that there could be a mutual trust for that deal to be struck in good faith. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That Alfred put the trust in him and that he returned the trust by actually following truth. So, yeah, I agree with you. Trust Thank was you, a, sir. Trust was a big thing this season. Absolutely. As well with Eric and Uhtred, even before the mm. plan to rescue uh, Eric and them from the Danes. He was always telling him, like, trust me with Bjorn, that whole thing with the dead guy. He was encouraging Mm. there. He's like, I've always respected you, this type of relationship. So there was always a big thing of trust and my word against yours. And they've always come through with it. And I am very thankful that no one's been like backstabbing anybody, to be honest. So do we want to talk about the brothers now? Well, yeah, let me just say here, I'm going to fight that what you just said, and I'm going to be with it as well, Dave, because I feel like the beginning of the season, Eric is totally bullshitting with Uhtred and he's lying, saying, come and check out this guy. And he's he has a foretelling that you're going to be a king and, and then you can join us. And I trust you and I love you. And not nah, he didn't say I love you, but you know what I mean? And he's basically luring him to his brother or to be a part of their team. And then his brother could kill him eventually. But once we get to the part where Eric makes his turn, to more protagonist kind of levels here with Ethel fled <laughs> with Ethel fled. Then he's trusting Uhtred 100% just as Ethel fled trust Uhtred that he's going to come back 
as he says, to save the both of them so that they can go live happily ever after. So I think there's two sides of that coin. But there's another thing to be said about most of these Danes, especially Dane commanders, Eric, Siegfried, Uhtred, technically not, is not a commander or anything, but Uhtred, young Ragnar, they all pretty much have respect for each other. You know, Scorpa, Kjartan, guys like that, they don't deserve it because they do things to not deserve it specifically. But usually it seems like at first, as long as you're a Dane and as long as you're high up, we're going to respect you until you screw us over. Let me ask a quick question, then I'll circle back to that point you just made. What happened first? Was it the vision from the dead man or was it Uhtred cutting off uh, Siegfried's arm? Was it the dead man visit? No, no. Uhtred cuts off Siegfried's arm and that's why... And that's why it's a sketchy thing, because it would be weird that Eric is saying, we're not going to hurt you. We mm-hmm. have a we have a guy who has a vision here and he sees you as king. Maybe you should come talk to us. Obviously, at that point, Uhtred's like, this is freaking weird. That's when Uhtred asked Citric to go and sneak around and be, you know, be their mole kind of and figure out what the deal is. So there's not that trust there because Utra knows that there's that there's blood to be paid for chopping off Siegfried's hand. So yeah, that's that's what comes first. Okay. The only reason I brought it up was because I thought that the interaction that they had um, when Utra does cut off Siegfried's arm and then mm-hmm. he's holding him there as, as a hostage and Eric makes the deal to save his life. I thought that was the initial, not maybe not building of trust, but at least building of respect that like, you know, he was willing to save his brother's life in order to let Uhtred live. So I thought that was maybe like the building blocks, but you're right. There could have been some sketchiness going on until later down in the road in the season where he would have. Yeah, when I, when I when I say sketchiness, I'm talking from the moment the hand gets chopped off till Eric turns bad or ter- turns good. I'm sorry for Ethel fled. That middle area is when they are all no you know, scheming against yeah. Uhtred. And it's kind of bullshit where they're just saying, Come join us. Like you, we see the other side of it where Siegfried and Eric are talking and they're like, mm-hmm. you think Uhtred bought it? Like things like that. Can you blame Eric? He is his brother had his hand chopped off. I wouldn't like Eric or Uhtred either. And I will just say, I freaking love the writing, the character work for these brothers. They do become opposites by the end, but it just felt everything felt correct. Like all the yep. decision making wasn't super predictable. Like they they put a lot of a lot more weight on their respect for Uhtred by the end than I thought they were actually going to do that. It just mm-hmm. made it all felt so fresh. And it just like the writing of it was so good. Um, and then by the end, I was tears in my eyes when Eric died. <laughs> was anybody else hoping that him and Ethel fled would be able to be wed and that would be like a dane saxon oh my god yes wed for peace of <laughs> yes course. yeah i really liked eric as well i was obviously rooting for it but you just knew it wasn't going to work out in some way something had to go wrong it just wasn't going to work out in any sense she was too important of a character and for her to end up with someone as eric who was well known to be very ruthless in amongst the saxons and just, just a dane yeah, he's not, just, yes, he's not a landholder per se. Like he's not Ethel Red. You know, Uhtred was 100% right. They'll just be in they'll be in hiding and, and, you know, running away from Alfred or anybody for the rest of their lives. She makes the comparison to Uhtred. She says he's like you. He's willing to change for me. And I could see that, but there was just no way they could have ran with that. There was already not enough trust in Uhtred. There was no way there was room in Alfred's heart to trust Eric either. And even if they did no decide, way, no, if if Eric and Ethel fled, but even if they thing, yeah, Alfred would destroy Eric. I would, yeah. I would, mm-hmm. I would say, 
And plus, that would just harm our boy Uhtred and how she said to or how he countered saying um, the king would never allow this. He would just see this as a betrayal on my part. And that would just be the complete axe to me being here anymore. But he still was willing to risk it all for. And that's our boy. That's why he's a good guy. Yep. If we don't have anything specific to talk, I'm sure we'll get back to the brothers. But I think, you know, starting the season, this is a good time just to talk about Hild and how awesome she is and how she's the freaking best. So, you know, season two starts. Utrid is, you know, he's he's feeling it, man. He's mm-hmm. feeling the feels. He's down the dumps. He's drinking. He's whoring. He's POS. And Hild is the one throwing water on him. She saves his sword from being yeah. stolen from him, his freaking sword that he loves so much. He doesn't even realize that whoever he was banging that night before was about to take it from where was walking out the door with it and down the alley and, and Hild saves it. She also is the person that brought him back from the dead, quote unquote, when he was defeated after being a slave. You know, she's the one who has the conversation where he's saying, I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed. And Luke already kind of brought this up and she's the one that brought him back to be an Uhtred. He says it, and it's true. She's too good a woman for God alone, man. He says that multiple times throughout yeah. the series. I am terrified at how much I like Hild because, yep. you know, seemingly every person that becomes tight with Uhtred that isn't Uhtred has a good chance to die here. But Hild is crossing the threshold of becoming like, what, she's she's been in 10 episodes now. So she's starting to hit the point where I think I'm feeling a little bit safer. But just her growth of slightly sidestepping her religion to become a little bit more realistic warrior. and become yeah. a warrior under Uhtred, who who else better to teach you than this guy right here? I would be lying if I didn't say I was feeling it a little bit, too. In the first two episodes, I thought they were going to hook up, but then he'll <laughs> shut that shit down. I was like, all right, yeah, it's not gonna... after the second interaction, it, when she's like naked and he has like the mask that he's going to go fuck with Sven in. Um, yeah. At that point, it was like so platonic. I was like, she is never going to be into Utrid, but I'm fine yeah. with that. Honestly, it increases her chance thing, yeah. of living. That was yeah. going to be she's not into him. That was going to be my question to everybody was, do we think that's has a possibility? I feel like they did a good job like of relationship yeah, or death relationship. No, I think they did a good job of making it strictly plutonic and mm-hmm. their interactions yeah. are very wholesome and friendly. And I can appreciate that. They're, Utrid is a dog, though, and if something <laughs> were to happen to his wife, then I think Hild could step into the plate, but he's already shown that he doesn't want to go for a Christian girl, so I yeah, think that's like, pretty... All I'll say from from obviously putting season one and two in a vacuum here is Utrid's a dog, and I'm not saying he wouldn't make some moves on Hild if she was showing that she'd be down with it, but you could tell that he's just saying things to be, it is more platonic, yeah. and it, it, it is cool how that relationship goes and, and her snapping back at him is really funny, but I never really took it like he was dead serious when he says anything that he says where he's kind of like hitting on her. But mm-hmm. like she's a nun at the end of the day. There's no way she's right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think he's not not serious about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I'm not yeah, saying if she was like, like you down, he, you know, like he would be in the one scene I will say when Hild has to saw the head doesn't have to she chooses to to saw the heads off of the danish people that scene was absolutely she was crazy in that scene and even uh clappa and halleck were looking at each other like this chick is bashing crazy (laughs) (laughs) get a taste for that blood yeah they were like you could just use the axe it's real quick and she's like i need to i need to feel for it i need to yeah i need to earn this chain mail honestly that squad of utrid hild halleck and clappa was squad up honestly yeah, i yeah. just Give love all more. four of them and more. can we just and do then it later an official- did. 
Who? Finnan. 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 Yeah. He's the the freaking Irishman. He becomes. Oh, I didn't know that was his name. Yeah, he's a beast. And Citric. Before Clapper dies, they are a squad, man. Mm-hmm. That is a oh, badass yeah. squad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we should take this opportunity to officially RIP Kalapa and yeah. Halig. Halig, yeah. I mean, that was epic. Honestly, yep. it was so epic. All right, I'll link it back into what you're just saying right there, because I feel like now we're two for two in season one and season two being to me, it feels like that the climactic episode is tending to happen in the middle for me or maybe it's just it could just personally be me but i think we can all agree in season one the abba scene is the most important and and cinematic feeling episode and for me in season two when did we kill kyarton was that episode six maybe no it was way i would say four or five even earlier yeah Yeah, that that three-year time jump is pretty close to mid-season so i would say it had to be five then and then six seven and eight are or so, the other so there you go like the to me it just feels like the middle of these seasons are where it really peaks and i'm totally fine with that because we're allowed to binge it and stuff like that but uh yeah like i just thought that whole sequence leading up to the kyarton confrontation was just incredible like that whole slave journey it feels like a whole season's where the shit happened in the first oh, four yeah. episodes i love the pacing i love how quickly yeah. it moves and how con- at least when it's a little bit faster pace like this if it's consistent it's definitely okay and they do it so consistently and i love every second of it Halleck being absolutely seasick on the the boat was awful to watch it was gut-wrenching yeah. i hated yeah. that Dude, all of that is so dramatic. Just the buildup of how it, the like their transport to what is it, Iceland they go to? Yeah, or Greenland? yeah baby. Iceland. Yeah, it was Iceland. Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh my We know God. all about Iceland. All of that was so fantastic. It planted the seed for Uhtred to come back and have his wife, his now wife. I hate it, Gutrid. This is a good time to talk about this because, okay. like, this is the whole buildup is Gutrid gets released from being a slave himself by Uhtred. He goes back to his, um, I don't know what's, what's Northumbria. Northumbria. He's the king of Northumbria. Becomes king, and then he gets completely corrupted by uh, yeah, Abbot Abbot Idrid. Idrid, yeah. Arden. So I'm pulling from freaking Cosmere right now, and that's noteworthy because when Uhtred comes with Gutrid and first presents him to the abbot, <laughs> the abbot's just like, "Oh, thank God, our king is here." Looking directly at Uhtred. This is another thing where they're poking fun at yes, how like religion just is not an exact science like that. And he was just like, oh, my old eyes. It wasn't Uhtred. It was Gutrid. Of course, that's what mm-hmm. I saw in the vision. Blah, 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 blah. And like the people that were there for the conversation even had to look in their face like, uh, this yeah, this guy totally just thought the wrong guy was the guy. But OK, mm-hmm. we're just going to. And then went during the coronation with St. Cuthbert's flesh is supposed to be perfectly preserved because yep. he's so holy. And he's just like, yes, you, King, you're the only one to see. But everybody else just close their eyes. And he I love that. He was just like, Uhtred is my commander. Come here, too, just so yep. we could show Uhtred that it's all farce. Yeah, and the funniest thing about that scene where Gutrid is like, come stand with me, and everyone like Father Bianca, Hild, they're all yeah. freaking out, and he's like, Uhtred is like the last person who gives a shit about seeing this St. Cuthbert. <laughs> Bianca was so salty. He was yeah. like, you will kneel, Uhtred. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let me let me get some, let me go on a little rant here. So, I was a big fan of him at first. I really enjoyed Gutrid. I liked his kind of ignorance and how he was a little bit of a fool almost. He didn't seem like the smartest guy, but he had a good heart and mm-hmm. he just slowly kept going down and down because of the Abbot Idrid. Mm-hmm. And 
me and Luke were kind of talking about it after my like midway checkup point. We were talking about it. And obviously I resent him for what he did to him and Halig, of course. But like I said, he's <laughs> foolish. So he's not he doesn't know how to rule yet. And he's just listening to his one trusted advisor who literally got him to this point in time. And I can understand his questioning all of these decisions and Uhtred's decisions and what he's doing, but I still actually kind of like Uhtred and I really hope Uhtred can kind of forgive him. I don't, it's going to be hard to after what he did, but I thought they had a really good relationship and I really want to continue seeing that healthy relationship they had in like episodes one and two. Yeah. I'll let Luke come in hot in a second because I know he's going to have his, his opinion once the, yeah, hate that, one, dude. yeah once the heel turn happens my opinion of gutrid i i kind of agree with you dave where it's like he's just fully a pushover like he doesn't mm-hmm. know what he's supposed to do i thought it was hilarious in the beginning where they're coming in to his whatever you want to say where they're meeting the abbot yeah. and they all think utrid is the actual king and he's like yeah have fun with it bro and they're like having some fun and stuff and they're and you know he does like utrid a lot And I don't necessarily think he as a person, like his personality was heel turning, like him turning bad himself. I just think that the Abbott took way advantage of him being a pushover to the point where he had Uhtred and the Abbott and the Abbott took the the whole side of things being like, hey, man, Uhtred, he could take your crown like you want to be the king, right? He Mm -hmm. could take your crown and he was pushing it and pushing it, pushing it. And then obviously we get to the point where it's Alfred or Uhtred, 200 Spears or whatever it is, or Uhtred, and then he makes the wrong choice. And then he has that conversation once he gets back halfway through the season saying, like, you were my greatest friend. I totally screwed up this and that. I think I think he's like the, the biggest pushover ever. But I think that he is remorseful. But that doesn't mean I still I like him because of that choice. I think he made the total wrong choice. Richard yeah. saved his freaking ass. Think a more middle style here. So I know Luke's going to go the other end. When it was first presented that an abbot in Northumbria had this vision that Gutrid would become king. I was just like, homie misinterpreted it. It was actually supposed to be Uhtred and he misheard. <laughs> he missed the like, legitimately. I'm, that's what it should have been. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Could you imagine if he was well, just gift wrapped the kingdom of Northumbria? Oh, we'd be in business. Yes. Well, second half of the <laughs> second yeah. half of the season, we do have a guy having a vision about Uhtred being king, apparently. True. Um, but I want to get Luke's thoughts yeah, Luke. on King Gutrid. I do just want to bring it full circle. Right when he was presented as a character, he was not kingly or regal in any manner. No. He didn't have the head about him. He wasn't like overly smart, overly courageous. He was just a guy. And I knew that who he would be as a character would kind of be defined by who he took his advice from. And he leaned on Idrid instead of Uhtred. And I do not 100% blame him for that. And I don't think Uhtred does either. That's why he killed Idrid and kind of said, I'll never forgive you. But like, yeah, we're cool to Gutrid. It's so mm-hmm. hard to say Uhtred, Gutrid, Uhtred, Gutrid. But <laughs> that, Dave, I, I am in your boat. I'm waiting to see how he responds going forward because his relationship with Uhtred right now is whatever you know they got past it Uhtred's still pissed but he said dude I was wrong you're like one of my only and best friends here and I know how valuable you are and your advice is so I think they're in a good spot he's gonna need Gutrid's help to take down Aelfric if he's the king of Northumbria that is not 
going to happen without some sort of coordination between Uhtred and Guthrid. And I think Uhtred has an IOU one or an IOU in his back pocket to Guthrid. So mm-hmm. I think that's how it's going to progress. And to me, it shouldn't be an IOU. It's you're going to do whatever I say for the rest of your life because of what <laughs> yeah. you did to me. And yeah. I'm completely aware that that my perspective on Guthrid is co- totally flawed and slightly unobjective because I put all the weight in the world on on what he sentenced Uhtred to do for over a year over everything we've seen on screen. There's no way for Guthrie to know what he actually put Uhtred through. So right, he, right. he could be as sorry as he wants. He doesn't. There is a way to know did. because Guthrie was a slave. Yeah, but not at the level. That I, I'm assuming it's not at the level that Uhtred. It's the went same through. level. A slave is a slave. So like going slave. through yes. the freaking. I would say if you remember the scene that he was rescued from Guthrie, that operation looked very clear he was a slave a slave okay. is a slave is that a slave they were doing makes the me same hate shit. him even more then yeah, then he yeah. Okay. What he did to him. i don't know if it makes me hate him more or less but it's it is something worth considering that he had the knowledge of what he was sending utra to mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. rather than death. absolutely fuck that because i don't know why yeah. the the slave arc resonated so much with me because it is could potentially be because i'm currently reading the stormlight archives and that the first book about that is like detailed life into like a slave in a fantastical world and i think that the show did it expertly like the time passing and the realistic consequences of like your stomach shrinking you're always freaking cold like all the time like all of those things they felt so expertly done on screen like i i just rave about season two in my mind because of how good i think that slave arc was and how important that is for utrid's character that i just am blinded by hatred even more than utrid is clearly but he did get his partial revenge when when we are agreeing he rightfully killed the abbot and yes i think he handled it very maturely when he does confront gutrid and says basically you owe me whatever but but yeah. I'm I'm in the mindset where it's not just a one time thing. Like anytime I call upon you for the rest of your life, you're basically, you know, you owe me forever. If we're at that relationship that I'm totally I'm all in. I think it's fantastic <laughs> because I just, I just don't want him to get off easy. I was madder at Gutrid than I was of any character in the show up to this point. Even Kiartan and Sven, even Kiartan and Sven, because they killed his family and absolutely they're number two and three, I think. But how the mental yeah, torture the, the, and just how much it changes you physically just like the whole slave arc was just so important to me and i just think that that's going to be a defining thing in Uhtred's past and like how he he's going to trust less for people that he doesn't fully know like there's going to be a lot of consequences for that and i think Gutrid should suffer a little bit more wrath because he seems to got he got a slap on the wrist i'm just hanging on those good moments that Uhtred and Gutrid had in the <laughs> beginning and i yeah. really like their back and forth and i would that's just, I guess, what I'm harping on, but I can understand your. It's not your coming theory. back, and what he did to Halleck is just unforgivable. That course. is like yes, the yes, worst death course. you could ever have, ever. And the fact that, um, whatever his Sveri was just yelling in them, in them, just like if you want him to give a peaceful death, just keep pulling, like put him yeah. out of his misery. That was terrible. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, you know, we've been podcasting for almost two years now. I've known you your whole life, Luke. I do know that when you watch TV shows, you put yourself in the mind of the main character or the person that you're talking about. So if I am Uhtred, I 100% agree with you. It would be within all of my power not to take Gutrid's head off. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Uhtred, Gutrid got off as light as can be, yeah. you know, just like you said. So I know where you're coming from because you're coming from the mind of Uhtred here and being like Uhtred's boy or something like let's pretend Finnan or something or somebody who's really close to Uhtred Ragnar 
Like yeah. he is in the room. He says it. Kill the dude. Yeah, can kill the dude. Exactly. You know? So like that's where you're coming from. And I get it. All I have to say, and hopefully this can close out the discussion of Gutrid, is that he, he's better than Ethelred in my book because I get the feeling that he understands that he knows he's not a great king. You know, he doesn't pretend like he knows more than anybody else. He's just kind of going through the motions, taking advice, and he took bad advice. Ethelred thinks he's the shit. Let's let's go into Ethelred next because he's basically Ethelred. Is, I thought Red. it was Ren. Red. 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 He's okay. basically just Ram, Ren. He's like Ramsey Bolton Light, kind of. Ethel yeah. Red is the same name as Alfred's older brother. That was the last yes. king. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. good catch. I didn't know that. And the last thing I'll say about Gucci, though, is I after even though I just said all of those things, like I still would rather him be in, I guess, the king of Northumbria. Yeah. Northern Umbria, whatever that that area. Because he deserves to be a king more so than Ethel Red. I wouldn't say deserves. I'm saying it because it's a tool for Uhtred. Okay, so you're saying would yeah. would rather. Okay, okay. It benefits Uhtred the yeah. most to have him yeah. in that position. We have a, a full journey here when it comes to Ethelred. He starts off on our screens as someone who we don't really think will be a Ramsey Bolden-ish kind of character. He seems a little arrogant. He seems like the, the too pretty kind of guy. But let's get to the point where we have Ethel fled here. She's becoming of age, and Alfred and Aylesworth are going to wet her off and they need it to be something that is going to be beneficial to the kingdom to alfred's unified kingdom that will one day happen hopefully and we have this i guess witten slash whatever you want to say feast thing where the meeting where there's going to be the suitors and this old ass dude walks in the door and i couldn't stop thinking about hilariously i'm thinking about his harry potter character frey Walter Frey. I'm thinking about Filch, but I'm thinking Walter Frey here. And this guy is just a mean old dude and he won't shut the hell up. Swords. Swords. Yeah. And he's not like Walter Frey because Walter Frey would have been sitting there being like, oh, damn, look at that hot piece of ass I get to bang later. (laughs) But yeah, so Ethelred's in the background and the guy dies right at the table in front of everybody. We see that he has a little note. Alfred's wife goes and grabs the note because she wants to know who this suitor is because it wasn't actually going to be the old guy. It was it was the old guy bringing in a suitor for Ethel Fled. After he's dead, Aylesworth says, who is Ethelred? And he raised his hand and she's like, oh, OK, OK. And you obviously see Ethel Fled being like, all right, this guy's handsome. Yeah. You know, that's our introduction to Ethelred. Not too bad to start. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Obviously, anyone who's going to mistreat Ethelfled is going to get the no from me. And like you said, he was this the Ramsey Bolton character. And fuck this guy. I... But Ramsey Bolton, but not as I don't want to say give any props to Ramsey Bolton, but not as capable. He's just yeah. a freaking dumbass who thinks he's something and he's not. He's, he's got a superiority complex. Yeah, exactly. Sure. He just, just the way he just treated Ethelfled for no reason, like. That that is why I brought up Ramsey's like the comparison, just how Ramsey treated Sansa. It starts off lighter and then it gets way, way, way worse. But the light part of it is already too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're having this conversation in a I guess he calls it like an informal Witten where it's Alfred, Ada, Uhtred, Bianca. And, and it's during a feast and she's sitting there and she's smart and she's been around Alfred and she knows the deal. And she starts giving some advice and he starts, you know, saying, shut up to her but then later when they're alone he fully turns heel 
and is saying, you know, you're my wife now. You're not a princess. He gets really mad when he says you're my queen. And she says, oh, you think yourself a king? And then he says the whole like basically lay on the bed thing. And, you know, it's similar to Sansa, but it's I mean, it's fully Sansa and Joffrey almost to the point where Sansa thought that Joffrey was going to be like this knight in shining armor. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to be the queen to a king. And he's so royal and noble. And that's kind of what Ethelflaed thought at first. She's looking at him and he's and he's handsome. And then it's like, go lay on the bed. And her mind is blown. I'm so glad she was able to tell someone about that because I was just really hoping that she wasn't going to keep it to herself. And when she admits it to Father Bianca, uh, Hilda, and Hilde. even Hild and uh, <laughs> Tira in the background, I, I was really happy that she was able to come out with that. And I'm just a huge fan of Ethel Fled. I think yeah. she's great. Yeah. yeah. Like, was she just supposed to be too young in season one? So if you notice, she shows up in season one later, like out of nowhere, like you almost don't realize that she exists until the son is sick. Remember? Mm -hmm. And she really isn't anything. And then in season, what is it? Early season two, she's like a little kid. They show her as like a little kid. It's one they were in the marshlands, like hiding. She's the same actress. No, 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 no. no. She it's was like, like literally like saying like five and now all of a sudden she's gotcha. 18. Because there's a time you know? skip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was saying in season one. It's tough because the way that this all goes and you're seeing how season one and season two goes. So you can assume season three and four and five will go the same way. Utra should probably be like 200 years old compared to like Ethel Fled because they're making it like she just went from like five to 18 and Utra, it still looks like he's 25 or 30, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's those time jumps. And apparently, spoiler alert, what it, whether you want to say it or not, spoiler alert. But I did read that in the books, they do actually make Utra old, like at one point. Like he does get older. Well, maybe this is why they kill all the side characters. So they don't have to explain the age gaps, of <laughs> yes. what they should be. <laughs> and you can't make Utra old. He's too handsome. I mean, if we want to keep going with Ethelred, we can. But I think I'm freaking ready to talk about Kjartan because I think that's... That's the, yeah, that's let's, the scene. Let's go to yeah. Kjartan. So that we kind of are go literally with this season. We will get into more Ethelred later, but we have the situation here now where Ragnar and Brita save Uhtred. We already talked about this. Hild brings him back to life, and now Uhtred is back. And to Luke's point, against Uhtred, this is the first thing that's ever been done to Uhtred that made us see him in the way that we saw him, where he's basically crying to see Ragnar and he can't even stand. I mean, he's still a badass because he wants to fight Sven and he still tries, even though he's going to die. But this scene brings Sven back into the picture. Pretty much. He did come back into the picture with Gutra being a slave as well. But now Sven's back in. Kjartan is back in as well. And speaking of Kjartan, we have a special guest coming on the pod probably this week. Alexander Willem, the actor who played Kjartan the Cruel and Tom Marilyn from Wheel of Time, another show we cover on the podcast. Check that out as well. He came on the pod last week and he was awesome. We talked The Last Kingdom. We talked Wheel of Time. We talked one of the new shows that he's filming right now from the creators of Dark. It was such a great time, guys. You're going to enjoy it. He's a great dude, but... Kjartan the Cruel is not. So this brings Sven and Kjartan back into the picture majorly. They're back into the main storylines here. And let's talk about it. Yeah, because one of the questions that we left the pilot episode off of was, 
like, who do we think is going to be the big bad of season one? Is it, is it going to be his uncle or is it going to be Sven and Kjord? Turns out it was neither. They were both pushed into season two. And now we know the uncle is going to be a, at least season three plus villain while mm-hmm. Kjord and Sven start to shine in the middle of this season. And the first thing I'll say right away is Sven subverted all of my expectations. Basically, I thought he was going to be Ramsey Bolton, especially because yeah. we did get the buildup of them having... I always is it Tyra, the sister. Tyra, Tyra, yeah. yeah we Tara. had the buildup of him having Tyra in the prison. I think before the main Sven interactions this season. So I thought he was totally just going to be like a torturer, just totally evil, and he was going to be this vengeful person that was going to be the rival to Uhtred. Turns out he's basically incompetent. He can't even control his slave Tyra. Like, and he actually shows that he does like love her. Yeah, he's he has some yeah. sort of. Yeah, uh, and she actually controls her. him yeah. pretty much. I'm honestly, in hindsight, happy that it kept being Kjartan who was in charge because he's our boy now in real life. And he's the fuck. He's like he's way more controlling. Like he feels like a powerful Dane leader that's mm-hmm. way more comparable to Abba than what Sven turns out to be. So I just I guess my first question to Brian and Dave is what was Sven to you guys when he first this whole season? Like how his character was versus what you thought he was going to be? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take it first. I mean, my depiction of Sven and Kjartan after season one was pretty much just the depiction of the impression that Sven left with me. And it was incompetence and all of that badness. And I just lumped Kjartan into that. And what I found was that evaluation was true for Sven. You know, he was a piece of shit. All the things you just said, Luke. But Kjartan, I was surprised because he was very competent. The one thing that I really appreciated was after... After he killed Ragnar and the whole family, he put respect on Uhtred's name. He knew that Uhtred, son of Uhtred, would be, or Uhtred Ragnar, son, should I say, (laughs) in this context, would be coming after him. And what he did in the decade that follows was he got himself a big old fortress, one that Mm -hmm. is renowned for being impenetrable, Mm -hmm. and he hid behind it. He consolidated his power, and that's what he did. When I looked back at the scene where he got banished by the OG Ragnar... Kjartan didn't do anything wrong. He was extremely apologetic. He said, I'm so sorry. My son is of an age like this, that, and the other thing. Like if I was OG Ragnar, I I wouldn't have banished them. I would have left it at taking Sven's eyes at single eye and left it at that because Kjartan was super apologetic and, and just respectful to him. In a way, I think Kjartan was wronged by OG Ragnar by being banished because Kjartan didn't do anything wrong. I I can't stress that enough. Anyway, whatever. In the years that followed, he was calculated. He planned, got himself a fortress and became pretty much an imposing foe to the point where it took an army to take him down. And I think the way that they did handle it was perfect. I mean, that that scene where they're rushing in through the fortress, like Ragnar is losing men. They don't know if Uhtred's going to come through in time, but eventually he does. And the way that 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 invasion plays out is is flawless when it Mm -hmm. comes down to the one on one Kjartan versus Ragnar. But yeah, to answer your original question, Luke, I I think Sven turned out to be exactly what I Sven is who we thought we were. We let them off the hooks. Sven is who we thought they were. I'm sorry. The bears are who we thought they were, but Sven is who we thought they were. And we did not let him off the hook because, and coincidentally, he died exactly how Ramsey dies, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. think is so exactly how Ramsey yeah. died. I don't know. Right. How can you, how can you not mention and that? And spoiler for the interview here. I don't know. Can I say it, Jimmy? You think? Sure. 
Yeah, spoiler for Brian and Dave. That scene where Kjartan sees Sven get his face eaten was sort of like workshopped by the actors where that wasn't supposed to happen, but then that idea kind of was put out there. Like, can I see my son die before I die to make it even more tragic? So that yeah. that was like a really cool moment where Kjartan got to see basically his whole world crumble because of Uhtred's revenge. I'm pretty sure after the pilot episode, I did say the same thing B-Toms just did in the sense that Kjartan wasn't wrong there. He should have just left it at the eye, but the fact that his family had to be punished for it was a little overboard, and I did think that at the time as well. In a way, fuck him, but like in another way, he was entitled to some sort of revenge against Ragnar. Yeah. Yeah, so going back to Luke's original question, what was I expecting from Sven? And obviously this is going back in time for me for when I watched season two for the first time. I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's the same situation with like Joffrey versus Ramsey or even like Draco with Lucius. It's, you know, I was expecting more of a Ramsey, but I got more of a Joffrey. Like Luke was saying, Sven is in- incompetent. He needs his dad to save him every other second. His dad is actually the big dog, the person that people respect. And Sven is using that respect, you know, to do whatever he does. But it's always incompetent. He always is like a little bitch. You know, and that's the Joffrey versus Ramsey thing or like the Draco with Lucius. We have that kind of father son dynamic in a lot of TV or or movies. And there's nothing like more hateable than, you know, someone that's the incompetent bad guy that's being saved by their father all the time and protected by their father. Let's talk about the fight because the fight was fucking just anxiety i thought it was it was so well done like the realist realism that the last kingdom always takes with actual fights i've in this moment i thought ragnar was actually going to die i thought kjartan was going to win and then ruutrid would maybe have to come in and beat kjartan but i was not expecting ragnar to come out of that and boy was i really happy to see that he got his revenge for his father and Went a little overboard to this. Bad look for Ragnar. Yeah, that was a little bad look for Ragnar, the young. (sighs) Uhtred was the only one who could understand his rage in that moment, but everyone else looking at him was like, this dude is out of his mind right now. Yeah. I thought he could lose too. I really thought Ragnar was going to lose. He was getting overwhelmed. I did not appreciate that he didn't let Kiartan go to Valhalla. I thought that was fucked. I thought oh, no. so you 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 put oh, a lot no. more respect on on Kjartan's name than I think we're supposed to. <laughs> Dude. I mean, all right, this is what I was going to say before we change the subject. I think that season 1 Kjartan, I agree with you, Brian. Like I think that he was wronged by the older Ragnar. It should have been Sven who got punished and then, you know, basically like I take your son's eye if he steps over one more time I'm going to kill you too kind of thing. And then obviously you're supposed to hate him once that he kills the entire family. I think in season two, though, when we're meeting him, they do lean into the villain thing. Like, he's not a good dude when you see him in other scenes. Go check on your whore and and all that kind of shit. He allows Tura to get, quote unquote, humped daily. Like, that's just a fact. Sen admits it, actually. He's the one. Father will send people down here to hump you again. he, He says something like that. I know they say they kill the dogs at some point. Because it's another thing. Kjartan says to Sven to tell Tura, if the dogs don't shut up, we'll kill them again. I don't know why. I guess Sven I, is the one who gives them more. I just think that they painted him more bad. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Abba was also painted as like an evil kind of person, but at least Uhtred gave Abba the Valhalla send off by putting his yeah, weapon back yeah, in his but hand like, before killing him. Brian, if I decided, dude, that I was going to kill your whole family, 
Would you let me go to Valhalla? Based on Ragnar, I, I get it. You know what? You're good. But me as the viewer, Ragnar had the decision. Does this guy get to go to heaven or does he have an eternity of nothingness? I think <laughs> like not kill my dad, then you can have nothingness, bro. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, but his I dad think it's got fine. Valhalla too. Does seem reasonable. You're right, Luke and Jimmy. What's the alternative to Valhalla? Nothing. Just nothing. The fires yeah, of nothing. hell, dude. You're yeah. a little paper bitch. <laughs> Paperback bitch. They do bring up it's- every single time that like Ragnar and Uhtred talk. Every single mm-hmm. time they basically talk about getting revenge on Kjartan. So I think that's just so ingrained in yeah. Ragnar's personality. Like Uhtred might. Utrid seeded this revenge to Ragnar because I think Utrid's going to save his for his uncle. That's going to be a part of it. Like he's going to do something similar to his uncle at some point, hopefully. But like this just felt like Ragnar. Now that Ragnar's done with this, though, this seems like the top thing on his bucket list. And like there was nothing after this because he got his full on revenge. He doesn't really have family anymore. Like, I don't know what he's even going to what Ragnar's next goal is going to be because it seemed like he's good. But so what is their goal? Just to own land and shit and become... No, I, I think I they, guess there's worse things to do. They've than always land and shit. Yeah, they've always wanted true. about like talking about settling down. I feel like I feel like they are going to be the reason. No, no, Dane settled down, mm, Dave. True. All right. But this is what I. This is what I'm <laughs> thinking. I think Uhtred's always been told that he's going to bring both Dane and Saxon together. I think young Ragnar and Breeder are going to be the base of that foundation of connection between Saxon and Danes. I can some see- point. A scenario playing out where Alfred says, you can take Bebenber back, but I'm not going to help you. And Uhtred and Ragnar are going to have to like rally a bunch of Danish people that are living in England to take back Bebenberg. So and it's like his straw hat grand fleet, right? Like he's just going to call the banners. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, <laughs> he's accumulating banners. Yeah, uh, I agree. I want to talk really quickly about Jimmy, our boy. Father Biaka. I yeah, just, I can't it, believe it took mm, this long to bring him up. So proud of him. He is uh, <laughs> near and dear to my heart. Father Biaka is the man. His uh, relationship with Tura, I hope, lasts forever and forever. Literally, when um, Tura is almost caught by Siegfried and Eric, I was so worried. And when Father mm-hmm. Biaka and her reunite, I actually shed some tears. So I was like, if these two were separated, I would have killed myself because <laughs> they are so innocent and healthy i want them for all eternity so shout out to well, that man he deserves happiness for the rest of his life shout out to ian hart's acting like exactly the point when you said dave when they run to the camp that's overturned yeah. pretty much and he's looking for tura and he's screaming for her and screaming for her and then he hears her and they the run word, at each other the Woo! words that brought me to tears is when he's like i assumed you were dead so i was just thinking of only killing myself right now. Yeah, yeah, and then he yeah. saw you. I was like, that is so beautiful, man. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Father Biaka stays winning. Of course, I did just want to bring up that that scene where we get the POV of Tura during the Danish invasion of them just running right through their camp. There are no warriors left over. It was just a Danish raid. And we got kind of the point of view of a victim mm. of that raid was yep. incredible. And that was the end of the episode. It was at the end of that scene. We are in Ethel Fled's point of view, and she's running through the forest, and she turns around and just sees three silhouettes following her through the woods, and it's mm-hmm. like Danish shoulder soldiers. I thought that was it was just so ominous, so well done. It, it just really captured kind of the chaos of what would happen. She she was the only one awake, and she just started banging pots like death is coming, death is yep. coming. Get up, get your sword, or you're fucked. 
Yeah. And everybody yep. was fucked. Phenomenal. And back to Father Bianca. He was the only one that could calm Tura down when she actually gets released. She is ready to send the dogs on Uhtred and Ragnar. But Father Bianca, after she goes back into her cell, you know, he says you can come out, but he sits with her and he calms her down. And that's like the best seed planting for the relationship going forward. We're going to keep going back to Ethelred. But if we're talking about the scene that Brian's talking about, this is just another situation where Ethelred is just super incompetent. And I love every single time Uhtred lets him know that to his face. I mean, the scene where they're in the city and... Ethelred breaks formation immediately when he sees nobody. He's like, we won. They fear us. Uhtred's like, no, 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 no. Like, you don't know shit. Get back in formation. Like that contradiction between the Ethelred-led forces, how they're just already breaking ranks, and Uhtred, it's still at the ready. I love Uhtred, dude. Uhtred is so cool. Ethelred just sucks so bad. And, oh, perfect. Now that Leo Fritsch is out of the picture, Bianca has now slid into top two. While we are at this point where we're talking about the incompetence of Ethelred leading to the capture of Ethelfled, I don't want to get too far before we bring up our boy Pierlig, the father who Pierlig, can fight yeah. Pierlig. Yeah. That scene where Uhtred gives him the chance to fight for his life but he's obviously hoaxing Eric and Siegfried and Utra knows the Pier League can fight. Yeah. That scene is amazing. And and when Pier League just like drops the mic pretty much and walks off with his life, guy's the man. Dude, and, and an underrated part of that scene, I laughed out loud when Siegfried is so pissed that yeah. the loss happened. So he walks by his man on the ground. He just freaking like slices a part of his neck. He's just so yep. mad, just casually does it. And was that with his? I forget if I, that was with his. Uh, his it was knife with yeah, he, he his hands sliced. chopped off at this point. Yeah, yep, dude. Hell yeah, man. I the brothers get me going, man. They're so. I just think they were they're just the homies. Dude. They're Straight badasses. Up. They have respect, so they're not just pure evil. And like Eric becomes such a dynamic character as he meets Ethel. You Fled. know, the other <laughs> Ethel, Ethel. You know, <laughs> the other one Ethel. of the Ethels. <laughs> One of the Ethels, Ethel fled and Eric. Yeah. yeah, it was funny when you said the brothers and I said, you're they're the homies. I thought you were saying like the brothers as an Uhtred's gang. But now nah, I know you're saying Eric and Siegfried. Mm-hmm. Eric's the homie. Siegfried's fine. But there's definitely plenty of other hateable characters for different reasons. But we're talking about people like Ethel Red, who, you know, was a POS to Ethel fled and he gets worse and worse and worse. There's a lot of bad characters in this show and. The, you know, the show is very good at giving us characters we love and characters we hate. It's tough. It's very tough. Can we like just put a, a little side stop here for Ethelwald, who I still am not like crazy about, to be honest. Like I I like his progress. He's making good progress. You know, we had we saw him being sober for 10 days. We are getting a little bit more of that intelligence side to him, which I, mm-hmm. I really am enjoying thoroughly. But he's just a fucking rat, man. At the end of the day, like, I just hate the guy because, like, he still clings to the the fake prophecy that he was given from Bjorn. And he's just still immature in these senses. You, you got this look on your face, B. Toms, that you're like, what, what prophecy talking? was he given from Bjorn? He, he, was, he like, was given the same one as Utri. Right. OK. OK. I forgot like you're going to be a king. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So he's definitely improved, but I'm still not in love with the guy like i think he's a weasel so 
my whole thing with Ethelwald is that I don't think there's anybody who has more political savvy except for Alfred other than Ethelwald. Like, I think he might be the second most intelligent character in the series so far. Yeah. And just his character growth from like, okay, sometimes I'm smart, but like 90% of the times I'm drunk on the side of the street too. If you notice, I'm wearing clean clothes. Like yeah. I'm actually making an attempt to be a part of this Witten and be of value to Wessex and this kingdom. That's why I like him so much. He's smart and he is on the right trajectory enough. So, and he fucks hard with Uhtred. Yep. Mm. Him uh, and Oda were the only two in Uhtred's corner at the Witten. I fucking love both of them. Love both of those freaking characters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyone who supports Uhtred, like, will take a sword for Uhtred, definitely gets my vow. I don't know that the wall would take a sword for him, though. No, no, no. no. (laughs) But he cares only about himself, but he is Uhtred's boy. I think this is an appropriate time to bring up kind of because Ethelwald and Oda the Elder were in cahoots at the end. It was both of them who amassed the the feared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so force Alfred's hand to go to war. Yes. Yeah. Ethelwald was a part of that scheme. So I wanted to gauge the group. How did we feel about Ethelwald and Oda the Elder making that move? They were correct. Yes, they were correct. And personally, yes. we haven't talked about Alfred individually in this season. His stocks went way down this season. My note, um, but I my say, note is literally Alfred's stock down this season. <laughs> yeah, he was my number two favorite character. He's probably not in the top three or four. Yeah, he anymore. dropped and Fyodor Bianca was able to slide in there. <laughs> but yes, I think. And it's Oda because the- of his decisions based on Ethel Fled being taken. Is that yeah. where he started going downhill we were, to you? We were so fond of his logic in season one and how well he was able to adapt to certain situations and understand the consequences of both but Ada put it best in the sense that he killed his own son as well for being a traitor and did what was best for Wessex whereas here Alfred is not willing to do that and still willing to give his enemies exactly what they want and more for this daughter who I understand is also a princess Uh, it was a little a little selfish and I understand Alfred's reasonings but he usually was a logical guy and he wasn't using so much logic this season where he lost me is that he he started distrusting Utrid and kind of micromanaging every little thing that Utrid did. He was just like, how mm. am I supposed to trust you when you're floating in and out of Daneland whenever you see fit? Bro, because I have I have stored up enough good faith over the past three years and how I saved your ass at the Battle of Enendum, is it? Ethendum? Whatever it was. Yeah, like I saved your ass, Alfred. You can trust me now, but he didn't trust Utrid, which is why I say fuck Alfred. That's infuriating as a watcher for me too. Like that kept Alfred down in the dumps for me. Like it was just annoying because I was so team Oda, the elder, because of his advice. Like I thought it was so sound. Everything he was saying was making sense. And at the world was also like on that same side. And, you know, I'm clearly a fan of Ethelwald. I think his character development has been amazing. So as you were mentioning Ethelwald, that was perfect. Because what I wanted to just quickly mention is that what I also feel about Ethelwald, too, is that Alfred has never seen Ethelwald or Uhtred given them the praise or rewards that they deserve. And I think Ethelwald falls into that category of deserving things, even and Alfred was, doesn't give it to him. But I just think Alfred was a little selfish. Agreed. Like, he was just a little too much. Yeah, the biggest problem, and the thing Uhtred says over and over, is exactly what you guys said. 
everything that he's ever done for Alfred, it really doesn't get him the trust, even though Alfred keeps using him and actually likes him <laughs> and they're boys. Technically, he doesn't have that trust still. And he's constantly questioning Uhtred. The other thing is when you're talking about him being selfish, Otto's correct. And, you know, Otto's saying, I killed my son. He gave an option. And it's the option that the daughter herself, Ethel Fled, thought of on her own while she was imprisoned. It wasn't don't pay and let her be, you know, whatever, thrown naked around to each town and whatever, see her nakedness and blah, 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 whatever they were saying, embarrassed all over town. It was let her take her own life and keep the dignity of Wessex. And she said she would do that herself if she doesn't get to go with Eric because she knows that she's not going to be the reason that Wessex is destroyed. And the selfishness obviously comes from a father and the love for his daughter, where he's using the excuse that she is the dignity of Wessex. Like, if we don't save her, then Wessex looks bad or whatever. But really, it's I love my daughter and I want to save her. And uh, most people agree. I can see your face, Brian. I know what you're saying. Like, I do think that's a true statement. The reputation of Wessex is still the princess. But at the same time, nobody was saying don't pay and just let her be embarrassed. It was, you know, if she dies, it, it's a shame. It obviously is awful, but she's a martyr and you, you might have to do what's best for Wessex. The thousand pounds of gold and silver are worth more than her being humiliated. Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah. the dignity of Wessex isn't worth her. I mean, it was, it was ruin. everybody, every single person in the room, Uhtred included, Ethelwald, even Ellsworth, to be well, honest. I mean, they all know that the moment you pay is the moment you give away Wessex because you just bankrupt Wessex and it's over. Mm-hmm. Well, how about in that same scene where they're at the Witten and he's like, okay, I'll send a proxy in my place to go negotiate with Eric and Siegfried. It can only be Ethelred. And everybody in the room is just like, ah, maybe you should <laughs> probably send Uhtred though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he says, okay, Uhtred, you can accompany Ethelred. Everyone's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so we pretty much have been hitting all these characters. I only have one or two more people I want to talk about. But my last thing I'll say about Ethelwald, um, I want to pose a question to Dave because I'm probably wrong, and I'll probably regret saying this, but I'm willing to put it on the board. I feel like at this point through two seasons now, I'm arrogantly confident that Ethelwald would never do something to directly – betray Uhtred that would like cost him his life or something like that like I think he's already ingrained enough that he wouldn't betray him and I think that's gonna that could be put to the test next season as soon as next season so do you agree or disagree like do you think there'll be a situation where Ethelwood Wald actually compromises Uhtred purposefully I just think if you put like a sword to his neck, that man is just going to spill his guts. So he didn't, he had that exact opportunity with Alfred, which would have made him free and a proxy king, and he didn't do it. So why would he do that to Uhtred, who he's shown to have respect yeah, no, for? I think at this point in time, he, he could do that. I could see that happening. I respect see what happened. Meaning go against him or go like, or no, like side with Uhtred, not give yeah. him up or anything, not betray him. I, I so just, you're saying that you believe that from now on he's with he's Uhtred. Good. Like you don't see him turning on Uhtred. Yes, Uhtred. And maybe a lot of my issues with him in season one, too, was that I liked Alfred so much and that even in this season, we, he admits it still that he's like, I would like to see Alfred dead. Mm-hmm. Not that he would cause think, it. And so I think that if, was probably a lot of my hatred, too. I think if you also remember, one of the things you had said is you didn't believe we got enough 
out of Ethelwald to see his character development for season one. And at this point now he's fleshed out pretty well in season two and you know, it'll get better. He's not dead. So we know he's going to be in season three. That could be, you know, I know that you had said that part of it was you didn't get enough from him to decide. To me, it felt like he was a bigger part in this season than he was in last season. I think it's because he's hanging around Uhtred Moore, who is also slowly getting his respect as well. Mm -hmm. So he was definitely, to me, seen more fleshed out. Absolutely. Still a rat at the end of the day. No, nah, I think he's Team Uhtred. We're good. I just hate here, one thing I do not like him saying is just when he's like, I'm supposed to be the true king. It's like, yeah, you had your opportunity. You fucked up for so long. Show me in season three why you should be king. Dave, I think you said it at the beginning of your rant but i think at the end of the day at the wall is looking out for number one and that's himself if there's a excuse me if there's a knife to his throat he'll sell out utrid because i think that's what the character is at the end of the day unless he has that much character growth that he puts others before himself presented with an opportunity your life or betraying utrid he would probably betray utrid right now i think we'll get that option I at some point soon and we'll be able I to know, so we'll be able to look too. back on this conversation and decide <laughs> hmm, i don't know right. guys i'm gonna put it right here right now going forward i like to think he would uh i like ethelwald a lot i yes. like him a lot a lot i love ethelwald <laughs> ever since ever since the, <laughs> i like him a lot a lot i want to date him ever yeah. since the scene where uh he takes the lead on the uh I love what tits. was it there? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. That scene yeah, was so money. Yeah. And that was the first time I was like, ah, Ethelwald isn't like a complete failure. Yeah. You know, he's a guy. He's definitely a good comedic relief for sure. But he's smart. You said, and he's smart. And I agree he's smart, but I do think more so, just like we said in season one's pod, he knows how to play the game. He's smart in the game. He is a smart guy in general. I would have to really think hard if he's the most intelligent under Alfred, but the best to play in the game. Yes. I think that's more what I meant. So thank yeah. you for, for cleaning up those words. He's got a little bit of uh, Murphy from the hundred cockroach in him. He's a survivor too. Like he ain't he a survivor. Down. One thing that we haven't brought up is that Leo Fritch has a nephew. Mm. Yes. Osfirth. More Osfirth, confusion. Yep. We have Osbert Osfirth. So just more confusing. Osfirth is an interesting character. I love that Leofrich's lineage lives on. So yes. I have a soft spot in my heart carved out for Osfirth, but he, he's got to get some hair on his chest, I think. And, yeah, I he's don't have any monk. strong and opinions on this character yet. Not yet. He is Alfred's bastard son, which is important. Leofrich's nephew, bastard son. No, no, it's Leofrich's sister's son. So it's his nephew, but Alfred banged the sister. So it's oh. Alfred's bastard right 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 so right. alfred yes. sent him to the monastery if that's what you would call it to become a yes. monk to hide him noted okay there hell yeah go. yeah he definitely has a political role in all of this so we'll see how that comes and we also get a can't fight alfred also admits too. he <laughs> says true. towards the end of season two that god's basically not been treating him his disease that well so it seems like he's definitely declining starting and, to feel sicker yeah it was really briefly. I forget. Someone asked him, how are you doing? And he's like, not as well as I would like to be, basically. It's it's so hard, guys. I mean, we could talk for probably two more hours. I honestly yeah, feel can. like we missed a lot of shit. But let's talk about a couple more things and then finish this up because we are probably hitting around the hour and a half moment yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. One thing I want to talk about is Gisela. You know, we did talk about her a little bit. Sister of Gutrid, strong female protagonist. She knows that. She's not going to let Gutrid 
betrothed her to anybody. She rolls out, heads to the monastery, hides while Uhtred is in you know his slavery situation. Uhtred saves her. That's the death of the abbot, and they marry. I don't think we actually said that, but they marry, and. I think she's probably so far like out of season one and two. Again, I have to put it all in a vacuum. I'm putting the women in a vacuum. Obviously, we love Hild here, but she's not one of Uhtred's girls. So I think she's the best girl that's been around Izzel. Uhtred. I mean, Izzel. we love uh, we love Izzel. Of, I know of girls that Uhtred has romantically been involved in or for Uhtred. Yes, Gisela. I think she's the best for she Uhtred is the so best. Far. She is the best suitor so far, I would say. Mm-hmm. For Utra, knowing who he is at like us knowing who he is, because yes. Mildred was a good person. She's a good girl, but she's not for Utra and Isolt. I love Diesel, but I don't know, Luke. I, th- I thought you might argue a little bit with me there. But well, actually, I'm, I, I do think Hild would be the best, but I guess that's not like an answer. <laughs> I'm like looking at the she's list. She's not of, the of best actors. because she's only for God. <laughs> that's true also ethel fledge but he's I, I probably she, 30 years older than her if we go by actual but who that's knows? true that's true i think she's i don't know i'm talking myself into it a little bit i think like she was just so willing to love utrid she doesn't care about his danish background she's well, he's, not like, she's dane she's oh yeah dane. I mean, okay sorry sorry she's she pagan yeah yeah okay so she's pagan so she's not like mildred trying to like convert him and, and like change their children do they have one or two kids I saw just one, but I can't just, remember. There's definitely multiple. I yeah, thought I think there's a couple. Like, yeah. yeah, it could even be three. I don't, unless something super tragic happens early, I don't see how this isn't like an endgame family thing. And granted, a tragic event is very susceptible to happening. So maybe not. But like right now, like I could see this being his endgame and like they kind of drop off of Uhtred trying to just bang everything that moves and rather it just be more about the political stuff. I'd be totally fine with that because I like her and she is easily the better sibling of her and Gutrid. Like she just holds that <laughs> shit down. Whatever Uhtred's down for, she seems like she's in. I agree. She's probably the best for Uhtred. Like she's just the nicest person, just very caring. And the way she interacts with everyone is so kindly. But Izzel to me would have been a more interesting character mm-hmm. to keep around, obviously because she had mystical powers, which is actually not anymore. Not, not anymore because they, you... they made love. Yeah, 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 love. yeah. But you know what I mean. But that actually kind of transitions me into what I wanna wanted to bring up was the magic in season two, which there was none technically. You know, they do the whole Bjorn fake out. We were mm-hmm. already covering it earlier, and we kind of mentioned it in the season one follow-up that where we think magic was gonna go. And in this season, we don't get any, honestly. Like the Bjorn thing right. we find out was a whole total fake out, which I honestly believed for a little bit. I was kind of buying it and then once obviously citric saw it then everything kind of crumbled but it would have been interesting if it was real i think it would have been a little bit too much and that's why i'm kind of glad that they turned back and showed that it was fake but just something i wanted to bring up because we did mention the magic and i don't know if there will be another magical being in season three or anything like that but it's still something that i wanted to keep my i also for a second thought that the dog connection with tira was going to be magical in some way because that felt a little bit but I feel like, like I could buy that thing? being yeah, like exactly. I yeah. I could buy that just being totally just master and, and dog. Mm-hmm. But B Toms, what about you romantically? Are you in for Gisela? I am, yeah. It seems season two out of four and going to be five plus a movie seems early for him to be settling down and establishing his wife and family, but she fits the bill, honestly, and that is kind of a check mark of a half 
excuse me, a checkbox of a happy and healthy Danish household is just ha- cranking out a bunch of kids and mm-hmm. living in peace. I-, I like Gisela. I think she's the perfect mix of Saxon and Dane for Uhtred. And yeah, I- I'm all for it. It's just mm-hmm. earlier than I anticipated. And I am kind of just waiting for an inevitable second shoe to drop where, I don't know, Vikings raid and kill the whole family. Let me put that to you right now on the spot do you think there's a higher chance that she makes it to the end of the series and like the family's there or do you think she dies i would say higher chance that she dies just because i I was surprised that he's already settled down multiple kids and happy wife in season two it just seems like there's too much more series for him to have a happy family life but if he does it's it's like 50 50 for me it makes sense if this is end game Mm -hmm. too like both make sense I i just think with how much we have left, it, it could happen. I'm with Pete Toms. I think it's it's up in the air. I could see it happening either way. Obviously, if she dies, I'd be terribly upset because that's so much romantic death on Uhtred's hands. But I'll say I'm going to say she's endgame. I think she's going to be endgame. okay. I'm going to say, uh, gonna say <laughs> hey, you don't even know, though. Yeah, I don't know about endgame. Yeah, but... All right. Couple last things here. We didn't bring up Heston at all. Another bad dude. Another oh, bad yeah. Dane. You know, the guy Fuck who wants guy. Ethel fled and he's in the middle of Eric and Siegfried and he's just been a bad dude. You know, he he lives and we know that he lives yeah. on. So we'll see is, him in the next season. He is should he be the same guy that Uhtred let live from Effervich. Yep, he is. Yes, that's why he I'm is. saying yeah. he should be jerking off fucking Uhtred every day of his <laughs> life for saving his life. And, and yeah. he's still the biggest dickwad in the Sig- yep. Siegfried and Eric army. He was the same guy that was like leading the show when they went to that cabin that the dead guy was being resurrected. Yep, at, yep, right? yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that he had his fingers in all those storylines. He's like Ethel Wald in the way where he's just like all up in everybody's shit working the game. Yeah. I want to give props to our boy Finn, and we we talked about him for a second, but this guy is the is the man. Hmm. He is a brother to Uhtred. He says it with Ragnar when they're both left for dead, pretty much. They're half dead when Ragnar saves them. Ragnar looks at Finn and he says, is he your brother? And he says he might as well be. You know, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know the full quote, but that bond is awesome. Finn is the man. We will see more of him. And the last thing here is just the final battle was just ridiculous. You know, there's so much to it. Eric and Siegfried's back and forth where Siegfried doesn't trust Eric as much. Add people watching the doc and they think it's going to be what? Eight or something ends up being double that. They have that cool ass scene where they're using like the little plant straw thing so they yeah. could be under the water. This is where we find out that Osforth doesn't really have it in him to be a killer. He hasn't trained at all. Uhtred has a really cool moment with him where he's like, bro, this is this is a respect thing. You, this is not your kill to have when he starts poking at the guy to kill him when he can't do anything else. Then we have the amazing final battle sequence where Ethel Fled's in the cage. Eric and Siegfried have their showdown. Great moment between the two of them where Eric dies and Siegfried, it's killing him to kill him. But again, it's the Dane way where he's like, you're, you're, you're lost. In his mind, you're lost. Place is burning down. Clapper, RIP. The boys are fighting. We get the fake, the girl who, man, she's an MVP. This girl who was taken by the Danes literally brings a drink to Ethel fled and basically gives up her life 
she's literally the scapegoat. She rides yeah. on the horse out the door and they all chase her. And you know that she's going to die when they find her because it's not Ethel fled. It gives them the chance to break out. Then they break out. They have Ethel fled. We get to the point where Alfred thinks that he's stopping Ada. This is where, again, Ada MVP as well. There is really no argument whether he did the right thing or not. He did the right thing for Wessex yep. and he forced Alfred to show up. Uhtred shows up at the right time. He has Ethel fled. Alfred's like, damn, baby, let's go. <laughs> and here comes the war cry, shield wall. Perfect timing. They take out Siegfried's army. Heston bails. So now he's the cockroach, too. He bails. First of all, we have Uhtred. who gets hit hard, and he looks like he's down for the count. He's trying to have this battle with Siegfried, and none other than Ethelfled puts the sword right through him, and the battle's over. Mm-hmm. That was perfect for her because we had already seen how smart she was with not only just politics, but like military mindset as well, because she had been learning from Alfred. She had been in all those meetings with Uhtred. So she had a knack for kind of this. And so to see her on the battlefield and get her first kill, you know, that I'm Blood happy sword, for. man. Yeah. And it's, especially the person she probably hated most. I'm, I'm happy for her. I hope, I hope she becomes like a Hild character, you know, even yeah, though she's the more we talk about season Warrior two Queen, and the more I think about it, I like her more and more. So I'm hoping good things yeah. for her. And I feel like she had her torture couple episodes. So she's she's due for a good couple of smooth rides sitting in Wessex in season. She's three, Alfred's you know? daughter, man. She's yeah. smart. She's capable. The one um, thing I was pissed about was Uhtred should have just let Siegfried attack a little bit longer when he was fighting Ethelred. Because Uhtred saves him. Like, he's literally about to stab (laughs) Ethelred, and Uhtred shield slams him. And I'm like, could have just let that one slip. And then we didn't bring this up, but it needs to be said. The scene where Ethelred goes to talk to Eric and Siegfried and gets owned. Yeah. And he gets knocked on his ass and put and made naked with the pigs. Yeah. Totally worth it and awesome. Totally. Um, Another big thing to finish this season. Obviously, we know that Ethelfled and Eric had a relationship. She says that Eric is always with her, points at her stomach, says she might think mm. that he's with her. What are we saying? And Uhtred and her have this conversation where she says that assumption that you are making, Uhtred, if one day Ethelred makes that assumption, I need you to protect me. What do you do? Go, she says to him. <laughs> so they are going <laughs> to still be married on paper and she's going to play that. Yeah, role. they're married. Yeah. God, she's going man. right back to Mercia. As you were just saying, uh, she's going to have a good few. Well, yeah, yeah, who knows? But yeah, here's the thing. This brings Uhtred into a storyline with Ethelfled at some point if it's needed. Yeah. Doesn't have to be uh, right away. But we know that there is always going to be a situation. Yeah, it's like it's like the Witcher almost. Child of surprise. Yeah, he's (laughs) he has to protect Ethelfled if she calls for him. Well, that'll come to a head within the next nine months of Showtime, which is maybe three episodes, if yeah. that. So yeah. we'll probably maybe, get maybe one hour of, of an episode yeah. if she has preggers. Let's just just quickly just talk about some expectations for season three. And I could just start us off here because I'm ready to put Uncle Utrid. Is that his name? Uh, 
Either way, he just has not been in it so much, but at the same time, his prowess has been in it and it's been important because he's still the sitting on the throne of Bebenberg. And that's, I don't know if that's going to be end game for Uhtred, but I think it's time to put that back into center stage. And I think we're at the level where Uhtred he's been getting these banners and this support. And like now he's good with Alfred again. I think it's time to just take over Bebenberg and actually have that. I think we're at the appropriate point for him to actually confront his uncle and maybe end up killing him in season three is what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's either that or they bring us a completely new Danish threat. Like they just introduced Eric and Siegfried out of nowhere beginning Mm -hmm. of season two. And I'm like, okay, that's who we're gearing up for. So they would have to do that. Otherwise I don't even see any other antagonist besides Aylfred. Hasten. I mean, Hasten, like we were just talking about. Hasten, true. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's fair. Let's also talk about, we did not bring this up, but it's the, one of the main reasons the abbot is killed is Gisela is wed to Uhtred's uncle by proxy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's right. why Uhtred keeps saying, that say it again, say it again. Say it again. Yeah. That opens so, the door for yeah. a quick death for uh, Gisela next season, B-Toms. Ooh, so <laughs> true. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. I think, Good Luke, thoughts. with what you were saying, I think it's time to move on to the uncle. I mean, you said uh, he has Alfred's side again. He also has uh, Guthrid on his side now, especially now that Guthrid. he's moved that to him. Guthrid. Guthrid, yeah, sorry. And I think Guthrum still uh, there's still something there lurking with Guthrum because he was mentioned so many times, but he was never physically on screen. So my hope is still there for him being a character, especially as someone who was a Dane converted Christian. He has yeah, a Christian he, name, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah like they, they Ethel, renamed it's him Ethel, Ethel something. <laughs> it is <laughs> Ethel yeah. Stan, maybe or yeah, something. It's Ethel Stan, yeah. yeah, yeah, we stand. It's fucking. It's literally every time the Danes are like Guthrum, he's and Alfred's like no. His name is Ethelstan now. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I predicted that at the end of this season that the uncle would die. It's I don't know if he's going to be like season five end game kind of stuff, but I feel like we're at the point in time where it's like we should conquer this right now. So I'm going to I'll put in my vote for the uncle dying this season. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Another great season of The Last Kingdom finished. We have two down, two more to go. And then season five, which we will cover way more in depth. But. We were talking about it off pod. This was such a hard season to cover. Season one was too, but it just seems like so many seasons within one. We do our best to get everything for you guys, but it is a full season recap and we don't want you to be sitting here for three hours, but we think we did pretty well. If there's anything you guys wanted us to talk about or want us to talk about in the future, hit us up. Let us know on Instagram, DM, TV at gmail.com. Hit us up, Twitter, whatever. But if you like what you heard, Check us out at BingetownTV.com. We now have a Patreon at Patreon.com slash TV. We have two tiers. The first tier is just a couple of dollars a month if you want to support the pod. But tier two is, is the best tier for exclusive content. It's $5 a month, exclusive podcast episodes, exclusive video interviews with the celebrity guests that we have on, which will be... Coming soon, like we said earlier, Kjartan the Cruel, Alexander Willem will be one of the interviews that we have that we drop on the podcast, but that full video interview will be on our Patreon. He was the man. We had a beer with him. Cool guy. We can't wait for you guys to hear it. Like we said earlier, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all Benchtown TV. And I think that's it, guys. So once again, 
We are Benstown TV. And thank you so much for listening. No Marseille. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.